signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. That's amazing. Sensational. Dramatic. Heart-rending. Exciting. Thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is West Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Woo, mercy. This is handsome Jimmy Vanta, boogie-woogie man. Hey, guys. I'm ESPN's Marty Smith, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rock? The Doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460. Simulcasting on 710 WFNR. Streaming online at WRADradio.com and the tune-in app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Now your host, Rick Watson. Rick Watson. It is the finally Friday edition of the program. Hope you're okay, wherever you might be. Just blew my own eardrums out there. <laughs> is our Baker Team hotline. Still trying to figure this thing out here. Text line is open as well at 744-2990. Rick at New River Radio, if you want to send a, an email. 
Yeah, test one, two. Okay, making sure we're good to go there. <laughs> Come into the studio and things aren't, you know, aren't uh, correct. James Holland joins us. He is the Associate Commissioner of the Big South Conference. We're going to talk about the Big South Conference Tournament last night in Big South Basketball, Raft University. Didn't go well. Didn't go well for the home team on national television. Not good. Not good. James Holland will join us. We'll talk about the tournament. Jen, briefly today, she's got a lot going on. And Mike Ashley as well on our finally Friday edition. And we'd love to hear from you. Okay. All right. So, last night, big crowd showed up at the Dedman Center. And Gardner-Webb just beat Radford. 61-48. Radford missed 12 of their first 13 shots. Which, you know, just not going to cut it. You can't miss 12 of your first 13 shots. All right. I'm trying to figure this thing out here. There we go. Now that's better. Now I can hear. Okay. I've been talking since I came on. After I blew my eardrums out, I couldn't hear myself talk. So now I'm back to normal. I think. I think. Um, Gardner-Webb last night, really good. And um, they've now won five in a row in the Dedman Center. And it's much like Virginia Tech when they deal with Boston College, Mike Young. Radford can't beat Gardner-Webb in the Dedman Center. It's five straight. And, you know, it, it's frustrating, and it's easy to ride that train when you're winning, right? Everybody gets all excited. Now is when you find out a lot about yourself going forward. And we'll see how they respond. We have to jump on the bus today, head down to Charleston, longest road trip of the year in the conference, and play tomorrow late afternoon, get back about 2 a.m. Now I hear damn snow confirmed Throughout the early morning hours and Sunday, so Super Bowl Sunday is going to be screwed up. It's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. So, I guess it was inevitable, as we said, that you can't get out of February without some snow. Let's go to the Baker Team Hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? This is Gary. How you doing? Hey, Gary. How you doing, man? Good. Uh, I wanted to ask you, back in the day, you did an uh, interview with Rick Barry, and I was just wondering... If he went into details, or if you know the reason why he feels like he was blackballed by the NBA, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to think. That was a long time ago. You had a good memory, Gary, <laughs> better than I do. Yeah, he had a new book coming out. Um, no, I don't remember what it was. I think there was some comments about the. He kind of messed up both sides. He criticized. I know he criticized the NBA as a whole, and he had some things about the Players Association at the time, and you know. Those guys stick together. Um, you know, he was an analyst for a long time, and I remember him saying that's how he felt like he kind of reconnected to the league when he was doing – I don't remember what network. I think – was it CBS? It may have been CBS back in the day. I don't remember. He would work with Dick Stockton and so forth. So, 
Um, but yeah, I'm sure it's all covered. You know, he's had a couple different books that have come out since we actually talked to him. So, but I think a lot of it was kind of, kind of self, kind of a self-inflicted blow. Well, I, I always thought he came across kind of uh, a little as a, uh, I don't know, kind of a know-it-all. I mean, I liked him. Yeah. I thought he was a great player. Yeah. I actually enjoyed his uh, broadcast, but, you know, he just kind of came across as, uh, I don't know, uh, kind of know-it-all. Yeah, I, I I got that. And I was a little, to be honest, I was kind of a little concerned when we had him on because, you know, I thought the same thing, too. <laughs> um. But you know, he just he got that reputation. I think it was just personality driven. I think the one thing he did do was you remember he was in the ABA, and I do remember him talking about that. And he was one of those guys that didn't like the way the transfer of the leagues were going. So I think there was that reserve clause thing that he challenged that caused a lot of ruckus with the players as well. So he kind of he kind of started some upheaval in the 70s that weren't wasn't normal and i think it just carried over but you're right he did he had a very pompous way of uh, handling himself but i do remember the interview went really well when he was on he was really appreciative and he seemed like he was humbled a bit um you know but um yeah he kind of i think he was just kind of that guy do you remember i don't i don't know if you're old enough this may have been in the 70s this was cbs they had some kind of uh, little thing where it was Rick Barry and Robert Conrad. Oh, really? From, uh, <laughs> Love Robert. And they Conrad. were like it was like two on two basketball. Really? <laughs> and it was like a, it was a player and an actor. And Robert Conrad was screwing up, and you could just tell that Rick Barry was just human. I mean, it was, it was hilarious because you know I don't know what, what kind of ball player Robert Conrad was, but you could tell it was just. He was ready to just not, not good. I didn't is even what you're telling me. Uh, that's pretty funny. No, I don't remember. I'd like to have seen that. I'd like to have seen Rick Barry just get up there and get in Robert Conrad's grill. That'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Gary. Have a good weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was a good interview with Rick Barry. We did. It was a lot of fun. He had a book coming out. But yeah, I was a little, I was a little, Gary's right. He kind of had that reputation. So I was wondering if he's going to be surly. But then I figured, you know what? We had him on. We're promoting his new book. But I do remember it had something to do with the reserve clause. And then just, I think he talked a lot of trash on the floor, too. I think that he was that guy. All right, so I'm very distraught, not only because my beloved Highlanders lost, but uh, now we've got some snow. I was wor- I was hoping that maybe it was going to just kind of be not much. But, you know, I just heard Brent Watts kind of commit to nastiness on Sunday. Now, it shouldn't be around long, which is the good thing. I'm just hoping we get back from our trip without having to deal with it. Um, temperatures warm up considerably early next week, but still. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not digging that, man. And, I, I, you know, and I'm not naive. I'm not naive. I understand. I mean, it's February. And I have said that. That's been... That's been out there. As much as I hate the snow, as much as I've been very excited that we haven't had any, I have said, I prefaced it by saying that we are in February. So let's not let's not act like we're going to just go unscathed. What I hate is all these hideous snow lovers. They reported on Twitter and all these people, Oh, I hope it's a huge one. Oh, I can't wait. I've been so depressed without the snow. 
There were actually people on Twitter saying that the warm weather that we've had so far in February was making them sad and depressed. If you're sad and depressed because the weather's not cold enough or difficult to get around in or your power hasn't been knocked out yet because of snow and ice, I I got nothing for you. (laughs) I really don't. Really. There are people sitting around going, wow, 60 degrees today? Man, I wish it were in the 20s or 30s so I could sit in here and shiver and wear a sweater. Turn my heat up? What the hell? It's wintertime, man. I want to be cold. You want to be cold? Go to a ski resort and hang out there. Go to Colorado or Buffalo. Take a take a winter vacation. <laughs> I mean, and you wonder why human society is in the state that it's in? You have people that are bemoaning the fact that winter hasn't been cold enough. I don't understand. You can't, this is why, you you just can't. You can't talk sense in anyone like that. (laughs) Uh, If a warm February does that, then they would have hated life on Gilligan's Island. One texture sits in. (laughs) Wilbur says, if you're sad because it's not cold, you work for APCO. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, absolutely, Wilbur. Uh, by the way, Gilligan's Island drove me nuts. It, it, Gilligan was one of those characters, and I actually met John Denver once, randomly, on a basketball trip. Where were we? I don't know where we were. This was a long, long time ago, early 2000s, before he passed away. But in any event, I mean, you got Ginger and Marianne there. I mean, Ginger, pretty obvious what she was looking for on the island. But Marianne, you had, and he's just adult, and it just it just frustrated me. Because you can put in any scenario you want. I won't get into too many details here on the air because I'll get in trouble. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but it was always warm on the island. Which meant that people would be scantily clad most of the time. There you go. I just don't understand people that are, and you know, I've been following my guy Kevin Myatt, who doesn't work for the Roanoke Times anymore. Um, um, Kevin's really good at what he does. He now writes for something called uh, Cardinal News Virginia, and uh, he's a big snow guy. It's one thing that you know we've battled about in jokes, uh, jokingly. He loves all. Oh, he's a he's a snow. It's kind of a cult, to be honest. The snow lover population it's really kind of a cult i mean it really is but boy when i see people upset that it's not warm and you don't have to turn your heat up and we're getting closer and closer to spring i don't have any hope for society when that's going on for people (laughs) all right so i was handed yesterday late i've got tickets i'm just going to give them away i've got tickets for the women's basketball game against florida state so if you want tickets to the game for uh, Sunday, I'm sorry, I said Saturday. Sunday, the 12th. Tech and Florida State, ladies. Of course, we had Georgia Amor on yesterday. 
I'm just going to give these away if you want them, if you call me up. 639-4900. We'll do this heading into break so I can get your information. Uh, If you want tickets for Tech women's basketball uh, against Florida State on Sunday, call me up and they are yours. All right? All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. I will ask you the question, though. Do you like cold weather? And if you say yes, you can't have the tickets. (laughs) All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We're just getting started on the finally Friday edition. Stay with us. ever for Rick Watson. Significant accumulations. That means we could get a whole hell of a lot of nasty stuff this weekend. I don't like that at all. It always turns from it may not be that bad to it always gets worse. It never gets better. There are people who are going to celebrate Super Bowl Sunday because it's snowing more than the game itself. (laughs) 639-4900-744-2990. Congratulations, by the way, Rondé Barber, part of the nine-member 2023 NFL Hall of Fame class. UVA grad gets in. Don Coriel, head coach, gets in after Bill Cower, but I'm glad he's in. Chuck Howley, Joe Klecko, part of the Veterans Committee vote, along with Ken Riley. Daryl Revis gets in, the cornerback. Joe Thomas, the tackle for the Browns. Zach Thomas, linebacker for the Dolphins, ahead of Randy Gratishore, sickening. And DeMarcus Ware gets in as well. They'll be enshrined in August. Joe Thomas, the most decorated of all those finalists, believe it or not. Didn't play in a postseason game, but... He had 10 Pro Bowl selections, the eighth most for an offensive lineman. But congratulations to Rondé Barber. That's pretty cool for him. Glad to see that uh, he got in. He deserves it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes wins his second MVP award last night ahead of the Super Bowl. And in case you missed it, we got some big news on the college front too because Oklahoma and Texas are going to leave – the Big 12 after this coming season, 23-24. They're going to pay the Big 12 a total of $100 million to join the SEC in 2024, a year earlier than they had originally intended, according to the conference. And this makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, and we're going to get into why it makes so much sense when we return after the news break. Because there were some figures released yesterday that if you're an ACC fan, you just have to sit there and be completely mesmerized and depressed about how far the ACC continues to be and how other leagues will continue to chase the big two going forward for really a long, long time. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We're halfway home. I still have 
Two pair of tickets. I have four tickets left. We gave away some tickets during the break. If you want to go see the Tech women play on Sunday, call me up right now, 639-4900. Tech women against Florida State. You can go by and see Georgia Amore and tell her that you heard her on the program. She was great yesterday. But call me up for tickets. We're back after this. me too. Somewhere right now, Leo Hirsch. Hey, Brandon. Mr. Snow Guy, you know, the guy who has a snow machine and fills his yard full of it. You know, he's just so giddy right now. Hey, Leo, honey, it's going to snow. I'm in the mood. Let's send the kids to the neighbors. 639-4900. on the text line. Rick at New River Radio. Be hitting road today around lunchtime with the uh, Highlanders. So we have to do a lot uh, the same kind of mindset Virginia Tech has now. Circle the wagons, go on the road. Rough night last night in the Dedman Center. On national TV, and Gardner-Webb came in and uh, beat Radford for the fifth straight time in the Dedman Center. Ooh. Ended Radford's nine-game win streak, and uh, Gardner-Webb now with a six-game win streak. Darius Nichols not happy. Now, he's great about after a win, he puts it away. And after a loss, he'll try to put it away. (laughs) But the bottom line was he thought his team got out-toughed last night. He felt like they backed down, and that really bothered him. Really, really bothered him. And... There'll be a challenge, I'm sure, issued. They'll practice today before we head out. And we'll see. Tough place to play tomorrow late afternoon down at Charleston Southern. And we'll see how that thing unfolds. But it won't be an easy game, to say the least. But we appreciate everybody who came out. It was a really nice crowd. It was awesome. Um, so we mentioned Texas and Oklahoma going to leave a year early. All right, here we go. Here's one of the reasons why. You ready? The Southern Conference yesterday said it distributed an average of $50 million to its 14 member schools for the fiscal year that ended last August. That's because the number they gave us, probably not as much as there was, because, you know, people have to have their pockets lined. But the SEC said they had $700 and almost $22 million in total revenue just to share with the schools. How about that? Amazing. So they're almost at a billion dollars in revenue. And that doesn't include an additional $8.1 million in grants from the NCAA and the SEC divided amongst the schools. So, yeah. I understand why the... <laughs> Why Oklahoma and Texas, yeah, can we go ahead and just leave for the Big uh, Big? Uh, can we leave the Big 12 tomorrow? Oh, we can't. But they're paying the $100 million early. 
to leave. And I'm sure they, I mean, it's not going to be reported, but there's no way. I mean, the SEC is probably helping with that. They want to get this maximized league going, right? We're going to go back to this. When you see numbers like that, we're going to go back into these conversations now as we head into the warmer months. You watch. We're going to hear about the Big Ten expansion again, right? The Pac-12, remember how bold the Pac-12 was? Well, we're about to sign a lucrative TV deal. That was four months ago, and you know what? It never happened. And you know who told you it wasn't going to happen? Us. Because I kept looking at it thinking, who's going to sign the Pac-12 without the L.A. schools right now before we find out whether or not they're going to be able to expand. Remember all that with the Big 12 and how they may raid the Pac-12 and all that? So the Pac-12 said, well, we're going to be just fine. We're about to sign. Well, nobody signed to deal with them because, yeah, you're not very attractive anymore as a product. So now apparently there's big negotiations out there that they don't want to go more than 12, but they want to add San Diego State, which has always made sense, and SMU. And that could be the two schools that end up replacing UCLA and USC in the Pac-12. And they think that's going to really put them over the top. And it'll help, sure, but yeah. We'll see. We'll see what that deal looks like it may be. But I do remember when they were very bold, when they came out and said, hey, yeah, we're all fired up. Yeah, it didn't happen. didn't happen. And you can't blame the networks at all. I mean, why would you drop a lot of coin to televise Pac-12 games when what's your biggest market going to be? You're going to have the Northwest covered with the two Oregon schools and the two Washington schools. You're going to have Northern California and the wine country who don't give a damn about football anyway and Stanford and Cal. There's six teams there. You're going to be out in the desert with Arizona and Arizona State. There's eight. And then you got Utah and Colorado. There's your ten. What national appeal does that have to sign to some lucrative deal from a TV network's perspective? So they've been very bold in their convictions and the things they've said, but they've been passing around a lot of untruths as well. Because there was no way that the TV networks were going to jump on the Pac-12 given their uncertainty. Especially when there were still rumors at the same time floating around that they might be raided by the Big 12 or other leagues. So we'll see if they add San Diego State and SMU and we'll see if that actually gets them a TV deal. But the SEC getting Oklahoma and Texas earlier, and uh, that's going to that's end up being a very, very good relationship. Texas already the richest athletic department in the country, going to get even richer in the SEC. They're not going to win a lot of football games, but they're going <laughs> to get a lot richer in the SEC. But Oklahoma, 
And Texas, going to that league, is what prompted the Big Ten to make its move when they did. And I still think that's going to have a much bigger splash because nobody has the geographical footprint in a Power Five like the Big Ten has now with coast to coast, which was their goal, which is why I don't believe they're done. I don't believe they're ever done. And this thing acts like it's going to disappear, right, expansion. I still think you're going to see the SEC go to 20. I still think the Big Ten will want to go to 20. And we've been talking about the mega leagues, the further we get away from the NCAA. And, and it's just, it's going to happen. It's, it's not a matter of if, it's, it's going to happen. And then we're going to get back to the same conversations about where does that leave the ACC? And winter school is going to continue to push to leave. Look, just because we haven't heard about it, the Clemsons, the Florida States, they're looking to leave the ACC. They're just trying to figure out the loophole and the payoff and all that. But Florida State's a program back on the rise again, and they're the ones that I've been told from the get-go were most aggressive of any ACC school behind the scenes trying to leave. They just uh, extended Mike Norvell, what, through 20, 2028. This is always something that I'm curious about when Florida State does this, right? Mike Norvell, it wasn't a slam dunk he was going to even make it through the first part of his contract until this past year. This is when, you know, we talk about these schools and how they operate and we're confused as to why things like this happen. This is one of those. Now, it was the first 10-win season for Florida State since 2016, I think. So they signed him to a contract extension through 2009, making $8 million per year. We talk about how these schools have absolutely no problem just throwing these unbelievable figures at these coaches when it's just a one-off. I think I would have waited. I think I would have waited. You have one year. Okay, let's give him him more time. What happens if the program tanks again? What happens if they start losing some of these recruiting portal battles, right? What if they underachieve like their ACC brethren in the same state Miami has done? Right? And now you're stuck with Norvell and then you have that contract. It's just, I don't understand and there's gonna and here's the thing too, you're doing this ahead of a season in which I don't know how it's gonna look, but I'm gonna tell you right now, Florida State is going to be a very hyped team going into 2023. Jordan Travis is back. They got a lot of production back on offense and defense. They've added some portal players from Major places like the kid from Virginia, the cornerback, Ventrell Cypress, Braden Fisk, the uh, defensive tackle from Michigan. They're going to be as hyped as any ACC team since Clemson was contending for championships with Trevor Lawrence next year. They're going to be the ACC favorite, you know, because we won't have divisions next year. What happens if they underachieve? Now, Norvell is still relatively young. He's 41. And he's been at two places, Memphis and now Florida State. I mean, his record is okay. He's 56-31. and 31. 
But here was the quote. This goes back to me being right about culture. The AD, Michael Alford, said, Coach Norvell has reestablished a culture that the entire Seminole family can appreciate. That means we are very proud of the way that Coach Norvell and his staff represent Florida State. More importantly, off the field than on. In other words, he's not basing this on wins. Remember, I, I've told you culture has to precede winning. Alfred continues, under Coach Norvell, we've experienced the highest GPA in program history multiple times, community impact, and of course, and the last thing he mentions is drastic improvement on the field. So, it is a bit refreshing to see someone putting the field part last in that statement. Now, granted, you know that the realistic part is with the uh, the kind of booster class and the NIL they have. This is not, and I do mean not, a situation where those people are going to put those other things ahead of winning because it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh But they're riding with Mike Norvell, and you're going to get sick of Florida State next year, ACC fan. You're going to get sick and tired of Florida State because it's going to be full-throttle promotion, and they want it badly. The ACC will be behind it. They've needed the Seminole Nation to be highlighted for a long time, and it's been a long time since they were relevant. They're going to be relevant next year, at least in the preseason. Now, do they live up to that hype, or... We've seen a lot of teams get hyped with similar type of accolades. Oh, they got a lot of talent coming back. Oh, their quarterback is returning. And then it goes in the tank. By the way, Wayne, what did you send me? Did Charlie Strong leave Miami too? Is that what you sent me? Is that right? Wayne sent me that last night as Rafter was falling further behind Gardner-Webb and I was too depressed to respond. So that's three major coaching names that have left the Miami program. There is something, something's not right down in Miami. You got the AD there from Clemson coming in. You bring in Crystal Ball. There is something that we're going to find out about, I think, down in Coral Gables. What did you send me, Wayne? By the way, Wayne sent me a Freddie Mercury Funko Pop. That almost sounds dirty to say on the air. Funko Pop. That sounds like a pickup line in a bar at about 2 a.m. on a Saturday night. Hey, hey, how about some, <laughs> how about some Funko Pops? Yeah, Charlie Strong left Miami. Another coach leaving the Kane. Now, whatever you think about Charlie Strong, he wasn't a good head coach, and he wasn't a guy that should have ever been the head coach at uh, over at Texas. I mean, that's too much of a pressure. But Charlie Strong came out and said that he's leaving, and he's admitting he's angry because he wanted to be the defensive coordinator. Now, he is a good defensive mind. Mario Cristobal said no, hired a different coordinator. So Strong said, see ya. They bring in Lance Guidry from Tulane. 
this after Kevin Steele told Crystal Ball he wasn't in any position to want to stay there because Alabama was throwing money at him. And the thing about Guidry leaving Tulane, and this is where programs make this hire, he was committed to Tulane, had a big presser about what they had done to break through, going to try to continue Tulane's rise to prominence. He was on the job three weeks, and then he leaves, maneuvers out of his contract to go to Miami. He had been with uh, the Thundering Herd as well before that. Strong said that he learned of Guidry's hiring and he was never interviewed for the job and no one ever spoke to me, he says, about the opportunity nor whether they were going to hire somebody. The very next morning, he called Cristobal and said, go F yourself. Oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. He said, (laughs) he's going to be looking for other opportunities. (laughs) And he is a good defensive coach, and someone will hire him. But this, again, goes to show you that Mario Cristobal, how do you – I mean, Charlie Strong's a guy, he's 62. He seems like a, a really good man when you hear him talk. You know, how do you not go to him ahead of time? See, it's little things like that that I don't believe Brent Pry would ever do. Why wouldn't – why wouldn't Cristobal go to – I mean, it's Charlie Strong, for goodness sakes. Just say, Coach, this is what I'm going to do. I know that this is a job you'd probably covet. Um, I understand if this is going to make you want to go. Um, can we talk about this? And why couldn't they have had a conversation? If you're doing this behind your coach's backs, Miami, I mean, Dwight Vick said it yesterday, right? He's not. He wasn't sold on Mario Cristobal when they hired him, and you got to wonder what's going on there. That's not the way you do stuff right there, right? That is not how you go about your business, especially within your own program, within your own staff, who you brought on for your first year. Brent Pry would never do that. Frank Beamer would never do that. He was always honest. He would come right up to you and be a man, right? Just be be a man. I'm 40. I'm a man. Anything but what Mario Cristobal did. All right, we'll be back. for the county and I drive the main road searching in the sun for another oh uh, hey if you listen to the program you know how I feel about this song huh? Glen Campbell I hear you singing in the wire easily in my top five I can hear you through the wire lovely song. And the Wichita I mean, there's a line in there if you want to melt your lady's heart. I need you more than want you, and I want you for all time. I mean, you tell your lady that. I'm just saying. All right, we're wrapping up our one. I got a good text message I want to get into when we come back. James Holland going to join us coming up. From the Big South, talk about the tournament at 7.35. Jen and Mike Ashley in Hour 3. We'd love to hear from you. By the way, I'll put them back out there. Uh, more tickets 
for Tech and Florida State women's hoops on Sunday. If you want to go, call me up, 639-4900, and do it now. I'll get your information. 